We're finishing our series on contagious Christianity. You know what it means to be contagious, don't you? It means you got something that you're giving to somebody else, whether it be a cough, a cold, a flu. Well, we do give that to other people, don't we? I mean, Darlene had laryngitis for a, a week, and so she went and talked to her neighbor, and guess what? He got it. Just by communicating, just by talking. Guess what, you can spread your Christianity just by talking to somebody, just being a part, being in contact with them. What, what other things are contagious? You know, a smile is contagious. A yawn, very good, a yawn is contagious. You know, don't do that. Remember, don't they tell you, don't do that, you're making me yawn. How about laughter? Laughter makes uh, uh, good for contagious uh, mix, isn't it? When you laugh, People don't even know why you're laughing, but you're laughing with them. So we're going to talk about how to be contagious, and we're going to look at how Jesus did it. Let's see our, our slide here. We're talking about contagious Christianity, and our first verse in talking about Jesus, and I'm so excited about this. I hope you guys get excited. T tell yourself, I'm going to get excited. All right, very good. Mark 1. Verses 16 through 18, and he, Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. We're going to tear this apart a little bit, okay? Interestingly enough, Jesus finds two brothers, Simon and Andrew, together. It's hard to find two brothers that are serving the Lord, except for maybe Maximus and Ramses. But it's hard to find, you know, don't you have a brother that is not, you know, not doing well? A, a brother that maybe has gone astray, but you're living holy and you can't figure out why they are? But Jesus finds two brothers casting a net into the sea, for they were what? Now you think Jesus would know enough not to go get fishermen to be disciples, wouldn't you think that? You think he would go to the Nazarene uh, 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 seminary or something, or, or go to the elite Pharisees and Sadducees, some learned men, someone that knew something about the Bible, but no, he picks fishermen. Why? Because he knows their heart. He knows that he can work with them. He knows those that are his. The Bible says that he knows those that are his, and he calls them. So here we see Jesus said to them, Follow me, and, and, and Brother Richard here from our Bible study helped me with this because that word said is not just a, a light invitation. It's not like a, hey guys, you wanna follow me? It's a command to follow. You know what a command is. You know when your children are acting up and you tell them you need to clean up your room and they wait, yay, hours, days, and weeks, and then finally you've had it up to here. And you said, you better clean up your room. And guess what, you hop to, you know, you know that voice. And when that voice kicks in, you know I better do what I'm supposed to do. So this was a voice of authority that Jesus was speaking to them. He knew them a little bit, uh, he was introduced to them, but at this point he commands them, follow me. Have you ha ever had the Lord, Lord tell you to do something and you knew without a shadow of a doubt you better do it? That's because he knows us. He knows how to get on the inside of us. He knows how to draw us out and bring us to the place we're supposed to be. He says, now, follow me. And this is so key because he didn't say, you know, guys, I'm getting a crusade going. I've got a couple dates and I want you to meet me there. 
Is that what he said? No, he said, be with, follow me, be with me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. He says, I want you to walk with me, I want you to talk with me, I want you to eat with me, sleep with me, see how I pray, see all the things that I do, because what I have, I want to give to you. And that's the same thing he's asking you today. Follow him so that you can be just like him, so you can be, his contagious uh, personality can get on you, his spirit can get on you, so you can be just like him. And he says, I will make you become fishers of men. He didn't say, I'm gonna teach you. He didn't say, I'm gonna give some classes on how to evangelize. He says, I'll make you, you hang with me, and that word uh, make means to spring forth, to come out. It'll just be automatic because you're with Jesus and Jesus says, I have not come for the righteous but to the sinners to bring them to repentance. Did you know that? Jesus was looking for those that were lost. He says, I've come to seek those that are lost. When you're with Jesus, you're gonna have that same desire. I need to know, who are you saved or are you not? What are you so happy about? If you, don't you know you're going to hell? You better get your life straight and get it right because if not, you're gonna be in eternity of torment. Amen. That's the kind of zest we have to have, amen? The zeal that we have to have. I will make you become fishers of men. And what did they do? They thought about it a while. Yeah, I gotta talk to my wife. <laughs> you know the difference between a, a married man and a single man, right? You ask a single man, do you wanna play basketball? She says, sure, let's play. You ask a married man, well, uh, let me check with, I'll check back with you. <laughs> You gotta talk to headquarters, you know. <laughs> but they immediately left their net. Peter was married at the time. He dropped everything and he said, I will follow you. Now I know when I met my lovely wife, Marianne. Yay, 31, 31 years ago. And after we got to know each other, we didn't wanna leave each other. I wanted to follow her and she wanted to follow me. And that's the way it was. <laughs> Every day after, after work. We didn't have to ask, do you want to see each other? We wanted to see each other. You want, when you're with the Lord, you want to be with him. You want to spend time with him. You don't say, well, I'll, I'll, try, to, I'll try to pray between three and four. Maybe I can, maybe I can. No, you want to follow him. You know, my wife and I, we, we liked each other so much that we would, uh, after we left each other, you know, like at 10 o'clock at night, we get on the phone and we talk to each other till we fell asleep. And one time we didn't fall asleep. We, we stayed up all night talking till six o'clock in the morning. And I said, well, you know, I guess I gotta take a shower and go to work. <laughs> then I finally said, you know what, this is ridiculous. I don't wanna be away. I wanna be with you even through the night. I don't wanna drive home. I, I'm tired, I wanna be with you, I wanna follow you. And so we made a commitment to get married, to be together, we work together, we go to church together, we carpool to work together, we do everything together. Because we wanna learn and, and you know, draw from each other, because we love each other so much. And so when we first got married, we were so close, we, we even slept in a single bed. And you know how, you can imagine how that is. You got an arm in your face and you know, your legs are crossed. And it, not to tell secrets or anything, but my wife, her, her foot always moves at night, you know. 
It's okay when you're first married, but after a while, it's like, you know, stop. <laughs> Too much information I'm hearing. Uh, you, think that, that, you think that little sign is going to stop me? <laughs> so after a couple months, I said, you know, honey, in the other room, there's a double bed. You know, we might get a little more sleep if we went into the double bed. She said, okay. So we found that very comfortable. And then after a while, we said, let's get a queen size bed. <laughs> that way you can have your room and I can have my room and everything be fine. Now we've been 31 years married, and it's more like, uh, could you go in the other room? Because <laughs> you make too much noise when you're snoring. And... All right. And that will conclude our family situation. Okay. So they immediately left their nests and followed him to do what? To become what? Fishers of men. He said, well, I can't do that. Well, let's look at this uh, one slide. And here they are. They drop their nets, these stinky, smelly fishermen. Go to be with a holy God and let his holiness rub off on them. You say, well, I can't do that. But let's look at this next, this next slide. This is a slide. This is a Bible study at Rosie's work. Rosie, our poster child for this uh, series, who had never saved anybody in her life, all of a sudden now has nine to her credit, starts a Bible study at her work, got people excited about the Lord. Why? Because she followed Jesus and he made her to be fishers of men. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So Jesus, next slide, Jesus moves a little bit down in Mark 1, 19 through 20. It says, when he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat, mending their nets. And immediately he what? Called. called them. And that word called, as Brother Richard has explained to me, and just a little lesson in preaching is when someone gives me something, I mention their name the first time. The second time, I just say a minister or a friend of mine, you know, mention this. And the third time, they, I don't even mention them, you know. <laughs> so anyway, Richard showed me, me this. He called them, means summons them. You know, like you get a summons for court, a summons to uh, go to um, jury duty, summons to go into the army. Whoa, you don't like that summons. But is there any way out of it? No, it's mandatory. He summoned them, and they left their father, bye dad, see ya pops, in the boat. <laughs> Clean up pop, I'll see you later. I mean, this is immediately, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, right? If the Lord is calling you, you drop what you're doing and you go do what he wants you to do. He left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. So guess what they left? They left their business, their father's business, all their income, everything was left from behind. So now these guys, let's see, let's see uh, these guys, see they're talking to Jesus, and Jesus captivates you, you know what I mean? If you really wanna get to know him, he captivates you, he draws you by his spirit, and you don't wanna let go of him. And these guys were captivated, and they wanted to, to be with Jesus and follow him, so Jesus was gonna show them how to be contagious. Are you ready for that? Let's look at a couple examples. Here is the, wo the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And 
We hear about how Jesus ministered to the multitudes, don't we? You know, thousands of people came to hear him. But the Bible so many times talks about how he ministers to individuals. He values the individual as much as he does the multitude. And so here he is, he goes to Samaria, and this woman who is a Samaritan, which means half Jew and half Gentile, that means her family married into pagan worshipers, and so the, the Jews said, we don't want to have anything to do with those half-breeds. And so she had one strike against her that way. Plus, she was a woman, and men are not supposed to talk to women, especially privately. And third, she was a woman of ill repute. She had five husbands, and the one she was working on was number six. I mean, this girl is Elizabeth Taylor of Palestine. I mean, this girl <laughs> can collect them, okay? Did Jesus say, no, I'm not going to talk to her? This woman is altogether born in sin. Did he say that? Do we say that about people that we come in contact with? Oh, that guy's on drugs. You know, he's just crazy. You know, we don't want to be with him. You know, he's no, no chance of being saved. They're mean. I don't know what's wrong with him. But she, he reached out and ministered to her with the love of God. And when the, when the disciples came to feed, to give him food because they went away, he said, I'm not hungry anymore. My meat, my food, my nourishment, my energy is to do the will of God. So we, we, we don't have to give in to our sensual, earthly pleasures. When you're filled with the Spirit, when you're ministering in God's behalf, He takes over. You, you, be, you go into the Spirit realm. Jesus, who was tired and thirsty and hungry, no longer was because He did the will of the Father, amen? You wanna be that way? You wanna just be transcend from this earthly realm and be in the spirit and watch God work because when you're in the spirit realm, you see people where they are at in the spirit and where they are, where their salvation is and how you can make a difference in their life. So let's go on and see some other people here. Here's a guy, anybody know who this guy is? Up in the tree? Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus little Zacchaeus, one of my favorite guys in the Bible. I said, oh man, they're a little guy in the Bible, that's good. Uh, so anyway, he couldn't see Jesus, so he goes up into the tree. You got that one, huh? He goes up, and he was the chief tax collector. He wasn't just a tax collector. He, he owned other tax collectors. He drew from them. He was like high on the pyramid scale, you know? And so he's up there trying to see Jesus, and Jesus stops right in front of him. He's trying to be slick, and here Jesus spots him out and says, Zacchaeus, today I must go to your house. Do you know Jesus will stop by your house when he needs to see you? when he needs to talk to you, when he needs to call you, when he wants you to be part of his fellowship. He stopped and Zacchaeus said, okay, I'll go to my house. And everybody around him said, oh, he's gonna eat with sinners. You ever eat with sinners? Oh, no, not, not, not me, Pastor Chuck. I, I stay clean from all that stuff. I don't eat with sinners. How are you gonna get him saved? I, I've been eating lunch with the two guys at my work that are downright heathens. I mean, they... they <laughs> They need help in the, in the biggest degree. And, and uh, not you, Arturo, I'm sorry, brother. I, just, yeah. <laughs> I switch lunch buddies, and now, now with Arturo, and we preach to each other. But these guys, you know, it, it didn't bother me because I had a purpose in spreading and being contagious upon them. I'm still working on them. It's a long, long battle. I mean, I got them praying and I got them talking to God and all this stuff, but so, so Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house and everyone said, oh, he's going to be with sinners. Well, Jesus was called a friend to publicans and sinners. Did you know that? Yes. 
And what does it mean to be a friend? That means you hang out with them a lot. He hung out with them a lot. And they changed. And so he went to Zacchaeus' house, and Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God, and that contagious spirit got on him, and Zacchaeus stands up, and he, what does he say? Anybody know? I, he said, first of all, I'm gonna give half of what I own to the poor. Whoa, <laughs> jump back, Jack. <laughs> I mean, that is some serious commitment, right? Then he adds, like Sylvia says, if I wronged anybody, I'll give them four times what I wronged them. So if I wronged them $100, I'll give them $400. And I'm sure they're all lining up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's me. That's me. I, I think you owe me about 1200 bucks right here. And what did Jesus say? Today, salvation has come to this house. Did Jesus tell him to do that? No. He just felt it in his heart. And he knew from Exodus, if you've wronged anybody, give back fourfold. So when you're with somebody, they're gonna get the spirit of the Lord that you have on them and it'll get contagious. Got a couple more here, you ready? Here's a good looking guy. Does this look, look like any relatives of yours? No. This is the maniac of Gadara. Now this guy is the least likely to get saved. Okay, He's in, he lives in the tombs. And he cries night and day, all day long, cutting himself. He's naked, and, and they try to bind him, and they can't with fetters and chains. He breaks them. He is definitely demon-possessed. You know anybody like that in your family? Definitely have to be demon-possessed. So Jesus gets it, takes on a boat ride, gets to the city, walks up. This guy runs to him and says and worships him, and Jesus takes the demons out of him, they go into the pigs, and, and then the people in the, in the city come and they say, well, he's clothed, he's in his right mind, and he's sitting down. No more is he running around, no more is he screaming. He, and, and you know what they said? They were afraid of him and told him, get out of town. So guess what Jesus does? Gets right back in the boat and goes on his way. Do you know Jesus will find you? He'll find you where you're at when you cry out to him. This guy had to be crying out to the Lord. He was tormented. He couldn't get or break free. But guess what? God wants to use us now to reach these people. His disciples are probably saying, what kind of ministry is this anyway? Here you go to the Samaritan woman. You go to this crazy maniac here. You go to Zacchaeus, a sinner. We're, I thought we were going to be in the temple, in the synagogue. You know, I thought we were going to have like a good hootenanny type, you know, Christian revival. And what are you doing here? Well, he, he had to go out amongst the people. He was doing church outside of church, amen? This is not it. This is just the, the training class, the beginning to get the spirit of the Lord. And so when you go out, you have something to give to people, amen? Yes. One more guy. This is blind Bartimaeus. Now, blind Bartimaeus, he, he knows how to ruin a parade. You know what I mean? He's, he, Jesus is coming by. And everybody's going, oh, praise Jesus. Oh, hi, Jesus. Oh, there he is, yeah. And blind Bartimaeus says, that's Jesus? I'm blind. I need to get healed. Jesus! Jesus, son of David! And people around him are going like, could you shut up? Just be quiet. You're making a mockery of the whole thing. And he says, I don't care what you say. I'm going to yell even louder because I need to get healed. I don't know about you all, but I've been blind. And you know what we say in church when people are, are dancing or, or praising the Lord? You don't need to do all that, brother. You know, just calm down. It'll be all right. No, they need to get something from the Lord. 
And blind Bartimaeus ruined the whole parade. His disciples were saying, just keep him quiet. Finally, Jesus did what? He stood in his tracks. He stopped. And he said, bring him to me. Do you know Jesus will stop for you? No matter when or where you need him, he'll hear your cry and he'll want to stop and say, come here. And so he came down and, and Jesus asked him a very funny question. He said, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, blind Bartimaeus could say, well, I need some food or I need a job. He said, you know what? That I may receive my sight. What do people need? We have to find out what they need so that we can give it to them. Jesus has answers for every situation. We know a lot in the Bible about what we can give them. So we have to be there for them. We have to be like Jesus. Okay, a couple more uh, slides. Now this is a good picture of Jesus with the children, right? Jesus got a dove. He's probably talking about the Holy Spirit. People are all sad, right? No, they're happy. Oh, we're at church. Jesus teaching a message. Oh, I'm so, so, this is another, I've heard this one already before. The Bible said, Jesus loved the children. My question is, when did he have time to love the children? When did he have time to even care about them? He's got to preach these multitudes and heal the sick. He's got to fight the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They're trying to kill him. And here he is ministering to the children. I want to ask you, do your children love you? <laughs> Not your own, but I mean the others on the block. <laughs> Are you the grumpy old, old man? Stay off my lawn, kids. You know, Quit making so much noise. I'm tired of it. You know. Take your skateboards down the street. Will you? <laughs> There's no skateboarding in this park. What, what are you doing here? No, Jesus, the, the disciples, I mean, Jesus, the children ran to Jesus. Do kids run to you and grab your leg? Oh, I'm just so glad that you're here. Or are they like, oh, let's stay away from those people. Jesus loved the children. Another uh, slide. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, they were all crying out to him, and the children were saying, Hosanna, son of David. Hosanna means save now. Son of David means you're the Messiah. You're in the lineage of David, the Messiah that was supposed to come. And they were crying out, and the Pharisees and Sadducees said, stop these children. Stop them from saying these things, because they knew they were going to grow up, and they were going to take charge and be in control. So are we like this? Are, are we contagious like this? Are we doing those things that God has called us to do? Let's skip over two slides. Oh, no, I'm sorry, go to that one. Okay, here it is. You ready for the finale? Are you ready for the finale? <laughs> okay, good. 1 John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. We ought, say ought, ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That word ought means it's a debt that you owe. It's not like, oh, you know, you ought to get some drapes here or you ought to get some new carpet or you ought to get that fit. You know, you ought, you, you, this is a debt which you have to pay to what? Lay down your life for your brethren. That means not be so concerned about your own life all the time. Not be concerned about, is, is everything working out for me? No, look to others and not consider yourselves all the time. Because God wants to use you to minister to them. He's in heaven. 
He needs you to be the instrument to minister to them and answer their prayers, whether it be financial, whether it be counseling, whether it just be there to listen to them. Whatever it is, God says, I need to use you. And when you are used by him, he's happy and he wants to bless you and keep you employed with him. So he gives you benefits. Did you know that? You're valuable to him all of a sudden. All of a sudden it's like, ah, did you see my servant, Job? Did you see how he's obeying me, how he's doing those things? This is my son in whom I am what? Well pleased. So we say, but we, 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 we categorize people. We say, do they deserve it? Are, are they gonna return to me? Uh, are, they're so broken. You know, can I do anything? They're so lonely, can I give them any happiness? Well, we were not worthy of Jesus' love, were we? No, we, we were the least candidates. We were living in wickedness, immorality, defiance, and rebellious. But God, yes, God, in his infinite mercy, came and said, I will call you, I will bring you unto myself. And he used people around us, despite the way we were, to reach out to us. So we ought say ought, ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But you say, well, this person, they hurt me. Well, this person, they offended me. Or, or this person failed me. So what? Get over it. Amen? If not, you're gonna be walking around, oh, I'm hurt, oh, I'm offended, oh, don't do that to me. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you... <laughs> <laughs> what, <laughs> what if Jesus went around saying, they just don't like me? You know, I give my best message and they want to stone me. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I came down from heaven. Nobody appreciates me. Guys, I'm not going out to preach today. I just don't, I don't feel it. I ain't got it. Is that Jesus? Jesus goes through and believes God to change the people that are around. Haven't you seen God change people around you? It might take a couple of days, it may take a week, but God will change him, all right? So let's, uh, now we can skip a couple. And uh, let's see, is Hugo here? Could you, uh, Marianne, could you get BJ? There were certain, uh, in John 12, 20 through 21, now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethesda of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. People want to see Jesus in you. Did you know that? Well, show me where Jesus is. Well, you're looking right at him. Am I kind to you? Am I loving to you? Do I not, uh, you know, retreat or uh, pay back? When you're mean to me, they want to see Jesus. And the next verse in Ephesians. So I've been praying this prayer in my life. Maybe you could pray it in your life. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom and, he says, may God give you the spirit of wisdom. That means we don't have it. Or we need more of it. The spirit of wisdom in the knowledge of him, know how he is. And that's what I'm hoping to do today, that you catch the wisdom and the knowledge, the revelation of who he is. Jesus was ministering to individuals. Guess what? We can minister to individuals too. The people that are all around us, they're believing and needing us to reach out to them. Are you gonna answer the call? Are you gonna be the one to say, yay, Lord, send me? 
Use me, Lord, and I want to tell you the benefits and the blessings of it are phenomenal. And then so this is what uh, the Lord told his disciples. Next scripture says in Matthew 28, 19, go ye therefore. Go. Say go. Go. <laughs> Not sit around. Not sit ye. Not wait ye therefore till something happens. Wait for the pastor to call you. Wait for God to come into you with a vision. What did he say? Go. Go, go. That word go means to go as you go, as you're going through life, as you, you know, reach people and wherever you go, in the market, in the bank, in the workout place, wherever you go, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Go ye. Amen? Now, BJ's gonna come and she's gonna go ye for us. I'm sorry, I, I know she wants to give this testimony. She's got a smile on her face. Cause she, remember last week she said she had a brother that came out and he was honoring? Oh yes. Okay, very honoring. And she was tempted to say, why don't you pick up your stuff and go back to Philadelphia where you came? You did say it, okay. <laughs> but you said other things too, right? Or, yes, I did. Okay, and, but, the, but the best thing you did is not say anything, right? And, and pray for him, what did you tell the Lord? What did I tell him? You told him, <laughs> Lord, let him say he's sorry for the way he is. What else? And, and, and repent and do what he's, what he's supposed to come here for. And lo and behold, my, my, my brother's been out here for three weeks. His very first week he was supposed to be baptized. My brother was baptized this morning. <laughs> Amen. We had to fight. We had to fight the enemy for three weeks. But finally, and he's going back tomorrow, finally you got it done. Because what she was saying is, I could have reacted in the normal way, be upset, be a sister, and, and, and tell him off. But you said, I'm going to hold my tongue and let the Lord do it. The Lord minister to him. I have to shut up. You did, right? Mm-hmm. I really and that's a hard thing to do. Oh, I'm sorry. For me or, or general? In general, okay, but particu- yeah, particularly with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was difficult. Amen. It was difficult. But um, what, I, what I realized, the thing that got me into perspective is I realized that his love was at stake. Not my, what I wanted, not how I felt, but his love was at stake. And so I realized I had to love my brother through his mess, just like somebody had to love me through my mess to get me to what God wanted for me. And praise God, I, ne- I have never seen anything come up out of the ocean so beautiful as my brother. He got baptized in the Pacific Ocean in Malibu this morning. Amen. So now he can go home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, okay. <laughs> But, and Pastor Chuck, I just want to say how handsome Pastor Chuck looks today, doesn't he? Looks so handsome. What a good looking guy, Marianne. You really lucked out. Okay. Anyway, that's enough. Okay. Um, Here we go. Okay. I need my beatbox again. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Sing it with me. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go 
tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Now when I was a sinner, I cried night and day. I asked the Lord to help me and he showed me the way. He said, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. One more time. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to tell it right now. If you are here and you say, you know, I haven't accepted Jesus in my heart. Everybody, bow your head and close your eyes. And this is what they call an altar call. This is what they call uh, a time where you dedicate yourself to the Lord. We dedicated two boys to the Lord, but you may be an adult here. You may be a teenager. You may be in a place where you say, I have never accepted Jesus into my heart. I've never made that step where I said officially, Lord, come into my heart, come into my life. Guide me and direct me all the days of my life. I want to open that invitation to you right now. And if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. We're gonna pray for you in your seats where you're at. But we wanna give you an opportunity to say, you know, this is a good day because we've seen two boys to be dedicated to the Lord. And you might say in your heart, I need that covering in my life. I need a relationship with him. I need to be forgiven of all my sins and know that I have an eternal resting home in heaven with the Lord. So if that's you, just raise your hand right now and I'm gonna pray with you. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. See that hand as well. I see that hand also. Couple hands, praise the Lord. I see those hands, praise God. Amen. This is the Lord working. The Bible says the wind comes. The Holy Spirit comes like a wind. We don't know uh, how he comes or where he comes, but he does come to minister to the hearts of people. And as, as you are touched in your heart, hearken not, I mean, hearken to the voice of the Lord. Let him, you know, you might be scared and say, well, I don't know what it all entails. Don't worry about that. Just give your heart to him and he'll guide and direct you. Believe me, you are in good hands with the Lord. So again, last time, if that's you and you say, you know what, I'm going to put aside all my hesitation, put aside all my uh, doubts and say, Lord, take my heart, take my life, guide and direct me. Amen. So if we don't have any other hands, let's pray together. Say, Father God, I love you. Thank you for sending your son to save me from all of my sins. I thank you that he died on the cross, paid the price for my sins, so I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, come into my heart, be Lord of my life, guide and direct me all the days of my life. I thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Just hold that thought for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit is just here ministering to you. You know, like we said, there's multitudes, but there's individuality in the Lord. And he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. He has compassion for us. And no matter what we do, God said, I am with you always, even until the end of time. So receive him right now for these last few moments that we have together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for touching your people. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Praise you, sweet Holy Spirit. Have your way with your people. And we thank you for all that you've done today in our hearts. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and all agreed said, amen.